Welcome to Future Focus, the UK at Expo podcast series, where throughout the world's greatest show at Expo 2020 Dubai, we'll be celebrating the best of the UK's creativity, innovation and culture, with special guests offering exclusive insight into ways we can innovate for a shared future. In this episode, host Rachel Everard talks to Neil Taggart, Andy Morris and Johnny McGreevy of Thompson Aero Seating, one of Northern Ireland's most successful and fastest growing businesses. Currently, one third of the world's aeroplane seats are manufactured in Northern Ireland, and the guest speakers share how Northern Irish manufacturers have developed their innovative and agile approach to design. They also discuss how the company works with airlines to produce interior products that customers won't forget, while also considering sustainability, including weight reduction and recycling at the end of the product's life. So welcome to this podcast series focused on how we travel. Talking today with Neil, Andy and Johnny from Thompson Aero Seating around are we sitting comfortably? Can I ask you to introduce yourselves? I'm Neil Taggart. I'm the Vice President and General Manager of Thompson Aero Seating and in Altitude. Both companies are part of the Abbott Cabin Systems business which is an integrated group of companies, including Thompson Air Seating and AIM Altitude, uh, working in the aircraft interiors industry. Thanks, Neil. And you're accompanied by Andy and Johnny. Yes, I'm Andy Morris, Vice President Commercial at Abbott Cabin Systems. Johnny Greeley, I'm the Head of Design and New Products at Thompson Air Seating. Thank you. Now I can tell from those lovely accents that you're all based in Northern Ireland. What would you say is that makes Northern Ireland so special from a manufacturing perspective? I mean, Northern Ireland is a, a really fast-growing economy. It's got a great deal of talent for a small country. We really punch above our weight when it comes to the airspace and, and manufacturing sector. Uh, we produce a lot of great things uh, and, and still have much more uh, potential to support. Uh, Invest NI is a key component of that, and they provide great support right across the, uh, the Northern Irish sector. Northern Ireland has a, a huge heritage in aviation history. Uh, Shorts Brothers, based in Belfast, now Spread Airspace, was founded in 1908 and was the first company in the world to make production aircraft. Uh, a little known fact is also that one third of the world's aircraft seats are manufactured here in Northern Ireland. Thompson is a, is a key part of that industry. With our first Vantage seat entering production in 2009, we secured our own production facility in 2011 with, with only 18 people working in the company back then. Since then, we've gone from strength to strength with the backing of a, an international parent company, Abbott Cabin Systems. We now enjoy the support of our parent as well as the sister companies. And we would really like to see the same happen for other growing companies in the region. I understand that you're one of the fastest growing businesses in Northern Ireland, which is, is fantastic. And it's great to see the announcement come out of UK government around continued investment in low carbon manufacturing in Northern Ireland. I understand you've, you've benefited from working with an overseas investor to help to grow the business. How has that kind of worked and what have you learned from that engagement? I mean, being part of Abbott Cabin Systems has been massively positive, uh, both before, during, and uh, no doubt after COVID has, has hit the global economy. I mean, we've got bases spread across four continents and therefore over different economies, which enables us to better weather the storm, but also gives us lots of opportunity to work with our sister companies uh, and able to collaborate on research and development. 
coming from aerospace myself, you know, I understand the terrible kind of shock that the aviation and aerospace industries dealt with over the last 18 months as a result of the pandemic and significantly reduced flying hours. What do you believe will be the longer term impact of this on the sector? Yeah, I think all industry across the across the world has been has been uh, badly hit uh, by the by the pandemic. Um, the aircraft industry is certainly one of those that the hardest hit. Um, so, you know, uh, from a from a Thompson and Abbott cabin systems perspective, you know, we've had to consolidate, uh, reevaluate, and, and, and reshape so that the current market that uh, that faces us. But we we do know that the aviation industry is is very resilient. Um, it's been through many uh, challenges in the past. You know the SARS 9/11, um, you know global stock market crashes, etc. But it always bounces back, you know, relatively uh, quickly. In addition, you know, particularly with aircraft interiors, it's a very forward-looking sector of the market. You know, so typically products will take two years, three years, or even longer to deliver. Airlines are starting to plan now for you know, two and three years ahead. Many of the the projects, you know, from a Thompson perspective for seating, etc., you know, these take you know development, they take certification, and then into the, the production phase. So yes, these can take you know between two and three years. I guess the good news is that you know people are starting to to fly again. Uh, you know, we're seeing the largest global domestic markets in the USA and China you know, almost back to you know pre-pandemic or even exceeding uh, pre-pandemic levels. And the international markets will open up as as countries open up uh, when they've uh, resolved the the COVID issues in their respective countries. And as we find an international solution, we'll start to see international traffic picking up again. The worldwide economies are also growing at at a very fast rate. And to summarize, I think we're quietly positive about the future. I think it's really interesting to think about the innovation that's happening in the aviation sector particularly over the the medium to slightly longer term, looking at things like the electrification of flight and the use of new novel technologies. But actually, the the seating and all the interiors are just as important as what I'm more involved in, which is the engine side. And understanding a bit more about the process that you go through is really interesting. You've been involved in some really exciting projects. Johnny, could you talk to us a little bit around the Vantage seating range, please? Yes. Ultimately, the, the Vantage seating range was introduced in 2011. The Vantage XL then came along quickly in 2014, followed by Vantage First and most recently Sono. The chances are you have sat in one of our seats. Many of the major airlines have one of our Vantage seats flying on board. The seat offers a fully lie flat horizontal bed combined with passenger features such as large media tables, accessible IFE, etc. Airlines want seats that offer maximum comfort but without taking up excessive space or adding excessive weight. This is exactly what the Vantage seating range achieves. Vantage is so popular because we can offer all the above with a unique customer style. The extended range of the product line includes Vantage XL, Vantage Solo, and Vantage First. It's really exciting to think that your seats going all around the world on those planes. Yes, it's really impressive for all the team here to be part of that and to see our products around the world be be listed in blog articles and so forth. And and it's really impressive and rewarding. And when it comes to thinking about how you design aircraft interiors and seating for the, to the, for the future. What do you see kind of changing in that space? W- will we see different materials, different setups? How, how do you innovate for the future, I guess? Yeah, so the fine balance between all elements. We need to make travel more comfortable without coming at a price to the passenger or to the environment. The challenge is to give the passenger the luxury and the enjoyment of our travel without costing the earth, literally. And is sustainability a major part of your design process? Yes, we, we have an extremely sustainable seat. Our, our manufacturing process uh, and materials are one of the highest 
renewable type seats in the market. Uh, however, as the sustainability question becomes more evident, we will be doing some further research into our product uh, in the future to, to give that carbon footprint a number. And I suppose when you're thinking about interiors, there's an opportunity to not just think about the exact kind of carbon footprint of the product, as you just talked about, but also how you can, for example, maximize efficiency and optimize space to make sure that where we are flying, we are reducing per passenger kilometer CO2 as much as possible. And interiors have a, a huge role to play in that. Absolutely. I mean, our sister company to Thompson Aim Altitude has developed Arca. Uh, Arca was uh, originally a concept for AIX in uh, 2020. And it's it's a concept around box meal and galley system, which make uh, meal systems more environmentally friendly, but really reduces the amount of cabin space taken up by a galley. It also has vital hygiene credentials. I guess if I look at how it works, the current system, current meal trays are loaded into the aircraft without hot meals. This obviously creates multiple inefficient voids and with around 300 economy passengers, a large amount of wasted space. So really, ARCA looks to introduce meal packs, which are individually sealed boxes for both chilled and hot food. Meal packs contain all the usual dishes and accessories, but it's stackable and therefore much more efficient when it comes to footprint than the traditional tray. ARCA meal packs really double as, as closing waste containers that allow recycling and therefore divert waste from landfills. So it's both a, a space-saving and recyclable effort. Uh, it's very much lighter weight than traditional galleys and, and carts and therefore produces less fuel. So there are multiple ways that we're looking uh, and, and trying to drive our sustainability agenda to support our airline customers. I think it's really important to think about sustainability across the breadth of all that we do in, in the travel industry and everything from the meal to the seat to the interior to the plane itself. It's so important that we're bearing in mind the kind of environmental and social impacts of that across that product life cycle. I'm one of those people, those rare people that actually really likes airplane food. So great to hear about you, how you're thinking about that innovatively throughout the, the product life cycle. In terms of materials and how you innovate on materials consumption and in particular i'm really interested in reducing waste that's created how do you look at kind of that life cycle um and adopting more circular practices within the, the product life cycle so we, we aim to lead by example when we're looking at our, our r d activities they are obviously you know the key in the future to achieving greater sustainability. You know, you mentioned new products, new materials. These will all be key in the future. As Niels mentioned, you know, we're already developing new products that reduce waste, the, the ARCA being one such example. And in, in general terms, we're looking at our products you know, constantly evolving to be lighter weight, you know, reducing fuel burn, et cetera, and increasing you know, the reuse and recyclability of all of our products going forward. And, and I suppose as a leader in the in the industry, you are, as you said, Andy, leading, leading by example and creating that momentum around what you're doing is so important. Agreed. I think, you know, the, the travel credentials that we will have, you know, it's much more in the news now in terms of uh, you know, fuel burn, CO2, et cetera. So, you know, we will have to take responsibility for it. And as I say, you know, lead the way. Andy, I'm really interested in what is your vision for how we will travel by air in, in, in the future? So it's it's interesting. Certainly, uh, with the with the pandemic, things have changed quite considerably. Um, I think if we're looking to the the short to medium term, uh, one big uh, 
part of the market will be the narrow-body single-aisle aircraft, such as the A321 XLR, uh, the 737 MAX, and even the A220. These smaller aircraft are being built with increasing range, which enables airlines to operate routes now on these single-aisle aircraft that previously were never thought possible and would have to be operated by larger aircraft. From From a passenger perspective, this has many benefits. Um, it enables airlines to operate routes that can't sustain either large aircraft or they can add frequency to uh, existing uh, routes that are popular and it gives the passengers more direct point-to-point access it saves them transiting via hubs etc and in in summary it enables uh, passengers to get to their destination faster cheaper more comfortably and more sustainably Johnny, perhaps I can ask you this question. What do you think are the greatest technical challenges that we have to overcome to achieve the vision that Andy's just articulated? Yes, as Andy has pointed out, there's a quite a, a large move now towards single-line aircraft. Um, we want to ensure that flying passengers don't feel shortchanged by moving from a, a wide-body life-last seat into a, a narrow-body uh, life-last seat. So it's very important for us that we design our seat products um, as we have done with our solo seat that we bespoke for the airframe type, which will then allow the airlines to fly different frequencies of flights in a more efficient model than opposed to flying, for example, an A330 for, for short distances just because there's a, a business class presence. So that's the challenge. We want we want passengers to walk on to what, what would be the traditional narrow body short hop flights, but feel as comfortable as they as they ever did on a wide body aircraft. And that's through the material selections, the passenger features. And passenger comfort must be such an important part of the work you do. How do you consider ergonomics and human kind of factors in your design process? Passenger experience is really the the key to designing interiors of the future. You know, comfort, uh, enjoyment, and and bringing the excitement back into the the flying experience. You know, obviously we've got uh, hygiene factors post uh, COVID nineteen, and you know I, I mentioned Arca having increased hygiene credentials. Uh, we also have Vantage Solo touchless features and Pure Cabin, which is a microbial spray. So lots of lots of factors uh, to take into consideration. We've got new materials. Uh, we've talked sustainability, recycling, but really creating more space for passengers at seats, galleys, at destination features. Customization allows the airline to really define that experience for the customer. And that's around sitting comfortably, the, the, the title of, of this podcast, as well as the service and experience you get in flight, particularly around the meals. And that's where ARCA comes into play. So huge amount of factors to consider. And all of this gets processed through our, our design process and, and uh, effectively product realization to deliver that exciting product and experience for our customers. So much of what you do must be driven by listening to customer feedback and hearing what they want from their flight experience. How, how do you go about gathering that intel? We engage very closely with, with all of our airline customers. Um, they all undertake you know, various surveys, you know, research with, with their flying customers, what they need. Um, particularly in the you know, in the business class, the premium cabins, uh, revenue is very important to, to those airlines. So they're constantly trying to seek comments, feedback, on, on what they're doing now, what's, what the flying customers uh, want them to deliver in the future. And so we align, our set, align ourselves very closely with our airline customers as they align with their customers. Um, so the feedback is, is via the airlines, but that is all built into our research. 
And as we develop products, we actively engage with each of our airline customers to make sure that we're we're hitting the right spots in terms of what their customers are looking for. You mentioned before that chances are we all sat on a one of your seats um, made in Northern Ireland. How are you specifically adapting to ensure that you maintain that market leadership? And how is the UK aviation sector responding more, more widely? We're always involved in and researching, developing new innovations directed at the at the needs of our customers uh, and, and really achieving greater comfort from smaller spaces, use of, of new materials and trim, you know, the longevity of our product and hardwearing nature, the the ability to clean consistently uh, through through life is is critical. And very much the seat is perhaps the most important aspect of the whole flight experience. It's where the passenger interacts with the aircraft and, and that comfort, that experience is, is key. So the main factor in, in a passenger arriving at their destination, feeling relaxed and refreshed, that, that comfort element is, is critical. So we very much constantly strive to deliver the very best results. And in doing that investment in R&D, along with the key passion for what we do and that intimacy with, with our end customers, as Andy mentioned, is, is fundamental for our future success. But I guess the maximizing of, of the customer experience on board, which is uh, fundamental for all of us. Yes, I think you'll always remember a bad seat, <laughs> whether on a, on a plane or anywhere, really. You know, when you're saying that the seat makes the experience resonates I'm interested, all three of you have had extensive experience within the aerospace sector. What would you say to people that are looking to perhaps pursue a career in aviation, potentially in Northern Ireland or, or elsewhere in the UK? Well, for me, I think uh, I've, I've worked in, in various parts of the aerospace industry. And I can honestly say that Cabin Interiors is, is a very exciting, vibrant uh, part of the industry. Uh, I mean, it's got the dynamics of highly bespoke product um, that allow the airline customers to differentiate their service in short lead time with with fairly complex product and system integration activities. So all of those mixed together really make for uh, an exciting uh, sector and, and one that's very rewarding to work in. For me, it's the, the community and the environment within the aerospace sector. What we see generally is there's a consistent number of the same individuals who we've worked with over the last uh, 10, and in my case, having previous aerospace jobs over the last 20 years, that they still are in the sector, that are still in the industry. They, I guess, ultimately get a buzz out of working in aerospace as I do, uh, and hence why they stay in the sector. Uh, just last night, I, I reached out to some old colleagues that we hadn't heard from in, in seven or eight years because we have an opportunity on a new program. And... And to my surprise, the, both the colleagues were still in the same company, um, still in the same roles, uh, still engaged and active. And it's quite, it's quite nice, refreshing to, to have that, that kind of community around the aerospace sector. Relationships and community like that are so important. But at the same time, there's also a need to attract more diverse talent and younger people into the sector. Are you involved in any activities that do that? What would you say to a, young, a younger person that's, like I said, potentially thinking of a career in aerospace? Yeah, obviously, very keen to bring the next wave of of talent and, and youth into into the sector. And, and you mentioned diversity; that's that's key for us. It's about engaging really at grassroots level in in, in STEM activities uh, to bring that talent through into uh, higher education and and get young people interested 
in a career in engineering and, and aerospace. We have apprenticeships uh, and, and we want to do much more in that space. So uh, we, we look to solidify our entry, our graduate and, and apprenticeship entry positions over, over the coming years. But it's, it's vitally important for the sector that we bring, uh, you know, a diverse young workforce into the sector and get them excited about working in aerospace. It's clear that innovation must play a really important role in each of your roles individually um, and the work that you do as a, as a company. What is the kind of next horizon for cabin interiors? For example, will di- digital play a role at all? I mean, there, there are a number of uh, innovations that, that, that we can see coming into the, into the marketplace. And, you know, if we, if we talk about connectivity, connectedness in the, in the cabin is, is going to become a, a key feature where, uh, you know, seats potentially talk to galleys and overhead bins and all, all of that connectivity is, is really, uh, the, the, the next steps, you know, involved in a number of R and D programs that will look to drive the business to capitalize on, on some of those innovations moving forward. From a, a customer perspective, do you see any requirements coming through? Yeah, so I guess one of the um, one of the challenges we have within the aerospace industry is is bringing into you know the aircraft environment the features that and you know what we become used to on the ground as, you, as you've mentioned the, the connectivity everything else uh, the digital aspects you know, aerospace and particularly cabin in, interiors um, if you look at the, the in-flight entertainment systems you know these all lag several years uh, behind where you know, consumer off-the-shelf off technology sits. So I think it's how we, as an organization, try and expedite you know, the technology that is, exists on the ground and get, getting that into the cabin environment you know, in a timely manner. That's so exciting. I think, look back to my probably first long-haul flight, I guess probably about 10 years ago now, and you disappeared into that bubble for however long your flight was, eight, eight hours or so, and no connection with the outside world at all. And it's very different today. We're obviously, as you say, used to being constantly connected when we're on the ground. People are starting to expect the same levels of access when they're in the sky as well. It must be very interesting to think about the innovations there. At the Expo, we are celebrating British innovation and, and how this can deliver sustainability in the future. Really interested in, in each of your thoughts on how you see air transport continuing to transform people's lives in the future. Neil, perhaps I can come to you first. It's effectively what we do. We look to drive passenger experience into uh, our, our airline customers and, and, and ensure that people get that flying experience that they expect. You know, I've used the word connected uh, and, and I see that uh, as much digital as personal, you know, making sure that people arrive at their destinations fresh, relaxed, and, and ready to uh, either enjoy a holiday or, or go and do business or, or go and meet people and, and, and connect. So for me, air travel is, is vitally important. It's a vitally important sector to the economy. But also for me, connecting people, connecting culture is, is critical to, uh, to, to the world. So uh, I think it's a, it's a very exciting sector and, and one you know I think we're all proud to be involved in. Yes, I'd, I'd agree, Neil. And, and part of that is is making air travel um, accessible to, to more and more people. I and mean, we've seen huge increases in the number of people flying uh, you know, before the before the pandemic. But I think incre- you know, continuing uh, our work as as an industry to make flying accessible to you know, to everyone throughout the world that, that wants to fly. The evolution of single aisle 
um, should be a good enabler to that. Um, but also we need to make flying easier, uh, cheaper, and uh, and bring that that experience back that you know, probably we had you know 10, 15 years ago. Great. Thank you. You've all, as I said before, been leads in this business for a while. What's the most exciting project that you've been involved in during your career and what have you learned from that? For me, it was the, the early introduction of, of the business last uh, into the market. So the, the company was a, a newly established company uh, in 2010. We introduced a new seats into the market in 2011. Um, and for the, the entire company at the time, it was a, quite a, a learning process and journey going through the first approvals, interacting with customers, introducing our, our manufacturing capability to deliver for the customer. And I always look back at that time with, with immense pride that quite a small team at that time had, had introduced this brand new product to the market that I guess in later years I reflect back on that, that nobody even at that time would have, would have forecast the, the roller coaster success that that product has made to the market, has brought life flat seats, you know, in the last decade to be the norm. And we're, we're continuing to, to invest a lot of research and development to make sure we're on the next crest of the next uh, product evolution. For me, as, a, as I said before, the, the aircraft interior sector is, is very exciting, but uh, immensely proud to be part of the, the Thompson Air Seating team. Uh, I mean, the business has had a, a fantastic story from being 18 people in, in 2011 to nearly over 1,800 at the end of 2019. A fantastic journey and a fantastic story and one, as, as Johnny, is very, very proud to be a part of. Um, so, uh, you know, a great company, an exciting sector. Yeah, I think uh, um, there are many different uh, projects uh, that I could select, but, but probably thinking back, the one immediately prior to, to joining uh, Thompson and Abbott Cabin Systems, and Johnny's already, already referred to this when Thompson first started, the very first customer of Thompson was uh, the UK airline uh, British Midland or BMI. And that's actually where, where I was at that time. Uh, I was responsible for the, the onboard product development. Uh, we were looking for a, a life flat product on single aisle aircraft, which at that time just didn't exist. Uh, that's where I started. That's where I met Johnny probably 12 years ago now. Uh, I was on the other side of the fence at the time as a customer. And uh, I, I led the project to, to install the, the Thompson seats uh, on our A321 aircraft at the time for BMI. And I guess the, the complexity of such a pro project, you know, it touches all parts, all parts of the, the organization, uh, from, from cabin crew to, to cleaners, to engineering, to uh, revenue management. Um, and that really excited me is the, you know, the ability to be able to interact with lots of different departments and, and try to put all of the different pieces of the jigsaw together. And I think the, the, one, the one lesson I learned from that experience, and it's remained with me ever since, is that in, in aviation, there is no such thing as easy, no such thing as quick, and no such thing as cheap. I like that. It's clear that you're all really passionate about what you do, and it's, it's always hard to choose one project, isn't it, as your standout project. But I, I think there was a common theme, actually, across all three that I just want to touch upon briefly, which was around collaboration. And Neil, in particular, you talked about connecting people and making sure that people have the best flight experience, landing at their destination, refreshed and recharged and ready to go. But so much of that must be outside of your direct control when you think about the whole flight experience that the passenger goes through. How do you collaborate across the industry to make sure that you are creating the best experience for people that are flying? Yeah, I guess if I, I, I reflect on the Abbott Cabin Systems vision, it's a, 
a connected world through an exceptional flying experience. And really, that, that is at the core of everything we do. Uh, and, and to achieve that, you know, we need to understand the needs of our airline customers. Um, but, you know, in doing that, there, there are multiple stakeholders that we have to deal with in order to deliver a, a product and therefore an experience. Uh, and that's working very closely with the two OEMs, Airbus and Boeing, with aircraft lessers. And right across the range, their technical teams, their program management teams. So a significant amount of engagement relationships that all need to be managed and respected. So uh, in, in doing that, ultimately, you know, we, we bring a product to market that hopefully satisfies the needs of our airline customer and the paying passenger. And really, that's what we've got a track record in. And, you know, some of that's down to, I guess, the, the fundamentals of our Northern Irish heritage. We're, we're, we're a friendly bunch. You know, we, we, we seek to engage. We're social. Uh, and I think that's very much some of the success of Thompson Air Seating and now Avid Cabin Systems as a business. Neil, Andy and Johnny, thank you so much for your time today. A real pleasure to hear about your experience as a, a fast growing Northern Irish business. Your passion for what you do in cabin interiors really shone through. So thank you. And I really do look forward to getting back on a plane soon and hopefully have my bum firmly on a Thompson Aero seat. Thanks for listening to Future Focus, the UK at Expo podcast series. Look out for more podcasts in the series or subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. And if you want to stay up to date with all things UK Pavilion, Links to our social media channels can be found in the episode description.